so we all do social kick like this and we do social kick in the pool like freestyle kick but you spend so much time underwater so do you do social kick underwater no but we have this thing where <laughs> i don't know who made it up but we were doing it the other day i think last week where we play rock paper scissors underwater and <laughs> if you win you get to go up and breathe and then you come back down so I, I think it was like zach harding of course it was him like he's just so all over the place and he was doing it with one of our other teammates and i was like what's happening so then i went underwater with them and we were just doing like three between three people uh rock paper scissors and then if you win you got to breathe all right let's do it now everybody hold their breath ready hold your breath rock paper scissors shoot welcome to the social kick podcast i'm brian lundquist we got a full crew dr john mullen luke paddington and taper time nick albiero what's up nick yes what's up Thank you guys for having me. Good, good to see you, man. Uh, so the, the we were just talking before we started on the the ups and downs and the ups and the downs of come up, come down. You just had NCAs. I'm sure you had to build back up a little bit and obviously transition your mind frame and your body to long course. So just give us the update. What's uh what's going on? Where are you at right now? Yeah, I I don't know if my body even knows what's happening. Just you know, after training trip we really grinded during that time. And then we went down a little bit and then we went back up a lot. And cause we had a little bit more time this year between conference and NCAA. So that was a nice chunk of time where we got to, you know, have an extra week to build and then go back down and then go try to get back up in, in this short amount of time. And so now my body's just confused. It's like, are we racing yet? Are we not? Uh, so I'm excited just to, to go next week. How did that first set of pace fifties feel in the big pool? Yeah. Um, it hurt. <laughs> uh, I, I love short course. That's like my thing. Uh, I have loved, that's like where I started is short course and you know, short course season is so much longer than long course. So anytime we switch over, it's like, all right, I kind of forgot how to do this. And, uh, it's definitely a lot longer and more painful for fly and, uh, I do enjoy aerobic freestyle sets, long course. I will say that I, mm -hmm. I, do, I enjoy freestyle aerobic sets, long course, but for pace and stuff. Wow. It's, it's, I consider it a different sport. <laughs> yeah. I'd love to hear you just touch. I think people would find it interesting that aren't familiar with double or triple tapers. Um, I'm assuming you brought it down for conference as well, a little bit based off of the times, maybe talk us through kind of what the volume and practice amount and frequencies like going down and going up and things like that at Louisville. Yeah. So I usually tend to front load the season with sort of more, I am not distance, but sort of, I am stroke. And then once we kind of switch over to the next semester to championship season, I'm more sprint focused. And after ACCs, you know, we, I, like I said, we had a little bit extra time. So we hit the weight room, we pumped up the volume for about two weeks and then uh, just slowly brought it down. It wasn't anything like a drop taper, but uh, the taper for NCAAs is definitely way more fun uh, than the taper for ACCs. Yeah, so I'm curious, when you talk about <clears throat> looking at the season outlook and you've got ACCs and NCs, you've got a little longer break, you said, before in between ACCs and NCs this year, and then you have this third meet coming up and you go into that kind of the springtime knowing that, okay, we got – kind of three tapers. I'm sure you try to get the best you can out of ACCs, but actually you were really fast at ACCs this year too. So 
Um, I'm just curious about like, you know, how, how that, that multi-step, especially with NCs, you're kind of two steps into it now. How did the taper from ACCs affect your taper for NCs? And how does what you did at those two affect what you're doing, you know, come, come this week? What a loaded question. Um, I don't know. I, that's nothing new. I, I usually tend to, to drop a little bit for, for conference and then go and improve at NCs. And I think we, we saved a little bit there for NCs. So yes, it was like a taper, but I even just said the taper for NCs is more fun because it's longer and it's, it's more focused, uh, individually. Um, but I mean, the results are, are how it, it played out. And now it's like, I don't even know where my body is. <laughs> and it, I think it's just ready to race. And I have to forget how it feels because it doesn't feel good every day. It, it hasn't felt good. Uh, I'm not going to say it hasn't felt good all the time, but it definitely feels worse than better uh, most of the time. So I kind of just have to, to brush that off. But uh, yeah, it's an interesting, I remember we ha- kind of had a similar stimulus a similar sim situation oh my god a similar situation last summer with trials and uh there was a little bit more time there but i think we've known that these meets were back to back to back and we we sort of uh focused on nc's a little bit more uh taper wise and and now we're just now those two meets are done so it's the focus is is next week you had a comment on your Instagram saying, thank you, you, you Louisville, for five amazing years. And people don't understand how brutal fifth year is. You, you know, you're one of the first batch of fifth years to, to be swimming. Talk, talk about that. What do, what do you mean it was brutal? Yeah, I just, I, the whole year, um, people don't talk about that. I mean, fifth year wasn't really a huge thing until, until the pandemic. Like people would have told me that I was going to swim for five years for, the college team before I even got here, I would have been like, why? Like, that's so weird. Why would I swim for five years? And then once, once the pandemic started, like I considered redshirting a year and, and just trying to fully maximize my NCAA eligibility. But I just remember when the season picked back up after the summer and I just, the first six weeks was brutal and my body, I don't know if it was just more mentally or physically demanding, but it took me about six weeks to actually get to a point where I was like, okay, like I'm back to where I was. And I don't know if it was just my mentality saying like, oh, my fifth year, it's so much harder and I'm older now. My body is like, I'm aching, I'm 80 years old and like all that stuff. And then you add on, I'm in an MBA program. So I'm, I'm doing a full-time MBA. I'm getting an MBA in one year and I have no experience in the business world. I got my undergrad in exercise science. And so to jump into a one year full-time MBA program where I'm in class three times a week for three and a half hours at night, like that's brutal. And, you know, yes, it helps where I'm not in class during the day. So I can kind of focus on, all right, I want to nap or I want to, you know, plan out my meals or whatever. But then it's that Monday, Wednesday, Friday nights where I'm just sitting down for three and a half hours, trying to learn and take tests and and do presentations on stuff that i have never even learned and then you add that in with the swimming and the training and recovery and social life like it's brutal Mm -hmm. and i don't think i really knew what i was getting into when i signed up for it but i will say it was it was the best decision i've ever made i have loved what i was able to do this past year some of the barriers that i was able to break that i had on my goal sheet last year and the people that i've been able to meet and the freshmen i've been able to help and 
all that stuff. So yeah, it, it was brutal, but it was worth it. And, you know, some things didn't go my way and, but that's just how life is. And I'm, I'm very grateful for the university and to my teammates and coaches. I swam in Canada and in Canada, you get five years to swim in college. And so I swam a fifth year. I, I did grad school and I, I, I'm, I can relate big time to you because I thought the school was so much more demanding this, this brain wise and tiredness wise. I also had issues being, I felt like the old man in the team. I didn't relate to the team as much. I found myself like not hanging out with the team, me bonding. Cause you know, five years, an 18 year old and a 23 year old is a big difference back then. So yeah, my swimming did plateau and I felt it as well. And I'm glad to hear you're focusing on some of the positives, but it is, were there anybody else in your boat, your age, your mind, who you can relate to you? You don't know fifth year at all? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. There's a few fifth years. Uh, uh, Morgan Friesen, she is actually in the NBA program with me, along with my roommate from freshman year. His name is Nikos. Uh, he's from Greece and they have had my back this whole year. And like, I really want to have made it this far in the program without them. Morgan's, uh, she's in my cohort, but she's not on my team. So like we have little teams in our NBA program. She's not on my team, but I mean, we are both struggling really hard right now with motivation and just getting through cause we're almost done. And, uh, I really wouldn't have been able to number one, have the year that I've had without her or really just be in this program still with good grades without her. And like you said, the whole room being removed from the team, I, I definitely felt that a little bit. I, I moved to a different apartment complex. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't living with the team anymore. I was living with a roommate who had just swam for years. She wasn't on the team anymore. And so I was living with her at a, at a nicer place and mm -hmm. uh, just definitely didn't feel like I was intertwined with the team at first. And then maybe that was why the first six weeks were so hard because I felt like I was alone. But uh, throughout the year, I mean, we became so close as a team. And yeah, I learned a lot from from the freshmen and I hope I could I taught them a lot too. Yeah. It's definitely a different challenge doing grad school as a student athlete. I mean, grad programs aren't exactly grad professors. Some of them are the same as teach undergrad classes, but I can imagine it's not quite the same level of flexibility and accommodation for student athletes in grad school. Were you had had you already planned on doing an MBA, or was this kind of a bonus? Like, okay, I'm going to do a fifth year, so why not get a degree while I'm at it? That was it. It was like, all right, I I need to be in school for eligibility reasons and. I had already graduated. I had got my bachelor's degree in exercise science. So I, I needed to go to grad school, but I realized that exercise science, like going to grad school in that area wasn't for me. I didn't want to be a physical therapist or it was just a really narrow space. No offense, John. No, 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 no offense. offense. No. You do you. <laughs> no offense. But that was just like not something I wanted to do. And I, I thought about coaching. So I was like, yeah, that helps. And I really just did exercise science because I was interested in the body. Anatomy was my favorite subject in high school. I, I was interested in movements and all that stuff. But as I progressed, I was like, all right, I don't really think this is for me professionally. And so getting an MBA is a lot more broad and I'm interested in the business side of things. And whether it's swimming related or not, my, my parents are business owners. And uh, that was just something that interested me. And it was it gave me more opportunities moving forward. And the, the professors have been great. The way that my program works is every five weeks I get new classes. So I have three weeks for five classes and then I move on. So I basically have each class is different, but I'll have like, let's say four lectures and a final, and then I move on to new classes. So it's like, you have to pick up this stuff really quickly. I've never studied this hard in my life. Uh, especially I didn't have any background, but people in my class have gotten their master or gotten their undergrads in business or have worked in business for 40 years. Like these people are from all over the place. 
and coming out of college with exercise science, like I really had to, to bust my butt to, to stay on top of it. And it's tough. Like even tonight I start a new class. Uh, I took a, a bunch of my finals already. And so I'm, I'm, I've missed a lot of school for meets and they have done nothing but help me and they support our student athletes so much. And yeah, I'm really grateful for, for the professors. Now I'll move past the low blow on the physical therapy front. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> but, um, you mentioned one thing that you hope that you taught some of the freshmen and the underclassmen a few things being a fifth year and being around the program. Now you're more intertwined with the Louisville program, obviously, or I'd assume so with your dad being the head coach. Um, and, and Louisville's really risen since he took over. I think it was around 2003. So I'd love for you to maybe touch on the tradition and what you are hoping to instill and continue to improve within the Louisville program. Yeah, I've had a, a really weird and bizarre, unusual, whatever you want to call it, recruitment. <laughs> yeah, is that even legal? I mean, how does that even work, right? I don't even know how to explain it like when people talk about their recruiting process like it's just not how mine went and get a table you're going to Louisville <laughs> well, it wasn't that like I I I'm gonna say this I don't know take it however you will but my dream school when I was little was Michigan like that was my thing I wanted yeah. to go to Michigan and he was always supportive of that Louisville wasn't on this the scale that we are now and yeah he he would have support me wherever I whatever wherever I would have gone but I had this front row seat that not a lot of people had mm -hmm. to watch a program go from nothing into this standard being top five, top 10. And that was something that I wanted to be a part of. And I got to watch athletes develop, talk about Carlos Almeida, Joao DeLuca, our first national champions. And then you have Kelsey mm -hmm. Dahlia and Mallory. Like these were people that I looked up to and I wanted to be like them. And Arthur was clearly doing something special with this program. And I was like, damn, sorry. I was like, dang, I have to be in this. Like I'm meant to be here. This is also my home. My, my, the city is my family and I love representing them. So it was a no brainer for me, but a big decision that I made for the fifth year was because I wanted to have that impact on the, the freshmen and i knew that this class was going to be pretty big when i came in as a freshman we were losing this huge senior class and i remember hearing every day like oh the super senior class like they hyped them up pretty big like we had big shoes to fill and i wanted to sort of teach the freshmen and the sophomores like the ropes and show them you know like we're not a flashy school you don't have to be this big recruit that comes in here you don't have to be fast and whatever and you can develop and you can be a national champion if you want to be, you can make an Olympic team if you want, like people have done it. People are living proof of it. And I feel like I am living proof of that. I wasn't super flashy in high school. I, I think I was a top 10 recruit based on college swimming, but I, you look at Mallory and Kelsey, like these people are nowhere to be found. And that's something that Louisville does so well is they develop people into, into champions. And that was, that was something I wanted to live, be living proof of and also have an impact on the freshmen and, I knew we were getting some pretty cool studs like Marilo Sartori, Olympia for Brazil. Like I wanted to teach him and I wanted to be there for him. Just like, you know, I had Zach Harding when I was a, a underclassman and he sort of taught me the ropes and I just wanted to have an impact. And I, I didn't think I was ready to be done if I had another opportunity.
In interesting fact, um, my nephew is choosing schools right now as a swimmer. So we spoke we were at Columbia University last week and we were on deck speaking to the coach. And I asked the coach, do you have any fifth years next year? Because I would love my nephew to be around fifth years because I learned so much from that. I, oh, no, we, we don't do fifth years. Apparently, mm -hmm. Ivy League frowns on fifth, fifth years um, eligibility. So that was a, that was a, that was a shame. They like to focus on the school and not think you're there to swim, you're there to go to school. So don't make a choice to be a fifth year to swim. Make sure the choice is for schooling. And it's all it's very interesting. Um, but yeah, it's, a, it's a big value. As a freshman, you want people to have those fifth years to help you. And, and he said, well, that's what I'm there for. Definitely. And I think that if some of the seniors that graduated when I left, if they could have stuck around for another year, I would have loved that as a freshman to to learn from them. And it was a huge class of a really right. successful class. I mean, they really fought and my brother was actually a part of that class. And now my sister's on the team too, as a sophomore. And so, yeah, I I'm happy. I, I stayed around and however it went, it, it, it is what it is. I'll bear hey, so, well, on the, <laughs> on the, whatever, whatever day that coaches can first contact recruits as juniors or whatever, did, did your dad like, call you on your cell phone <laughs> or you know did they did they did he try to stay out of the way and hand it off to the rest of the assistant coaches yeah I think he sort of was hands off at that point I just remember getting a lot of emails like you, I don't know what the rules were back then because they're a lot different now but I would I think I got like over 200 emails and I was just clicking through them like all oh, these people want me these people want me and it was very generic like they send them to everybody. So it was like nothing special, but I was like, Oh, I have all these schools to pick from. And then, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, okay, where do I actually want to go? And uh, he didn't really have to convince me. I think the years of his hard work and the progression that I saw was, was reason enough for me to want to go there. And I don't know, staying home and being close to my family was important for me too. Yeah. One thing, like, like I mentioned, I mean, Arthur and, and everyone, all the coaches, all the team has, has really made Louisville uh, a powerhouse here in swimming. And you even mentioned that as well. And now we're starting to see kind of a, a pro group around that uh, program. And we see that often with these great college programs that aren't just improving, then falling off, right? That are being a staple and steady tier at the top. Do you guys talk about what you hope to do with a, maybe a pro group there and how that may influence the college team? Yeah, definitely. I think I'm not sure exactly who's going to be where and when yeah. um, as far as like the people who are currently on the pro group. But I think there are a few of us who are going to stick around. And I think it, it helps not only the pro group, but we, we do get to have that impact still on the, on the college team and they push us just as much as we push them. And it definitely helps the team environment that the culture is what I loved most about this team before I even got here. It's what I wanted to be a part of. And so to feed off each other and, I don't know who's going to come and, and where people are going to end up, but I think being in a pro group is like a dream. So working with people who, you know, have, have experience and have goals, like a determined group of, of individuals who actually want to be there. Like that's the kind of environment I want to be in. You ever consider swimming for Brazil? I mean, the top 200 flyer is a, like a 156 guy, you know, right now. Uh, do you yeah. Something for them? There's definitely, yeah, there's like a Brazilian flag right here. Yeah, yeah. I have a lot of pride for Brazil. My family, they're the nicest people ever. And I've been to Brazil a few times, but I, I would. I I think it's a little different. I don't know the rules exactly. I represented the United States 
um, in 2017 for Junior Worlds. And I think the criteria for me to to represent Brazil is I have to live there for a year. I do have dual citizenship. So that's something that my family and I have talked about. I've thought about uh, my Brazilian teammates have, have thought about too. And I don't know if that's something I could fully invest in a year and like throw myself into the to the culture and I don't know any Portuguese unfortunately my dad didn't teach us growing up which we still give him crap for but um I would love to learn Portuguese I know and that's like a, a bucket list um of mine on my bucket list to, to be able to to speak to my family yeah. um which they speak English a lot of them do but I definitely thought about it I, I'm not sure how that works if I have right, to yeah, live yeah. for a year or what but I would love to represent the U.S. and represent Brazil. They're both a part of me, and mm -hmm. either way. Brian, you gonna say something? All right, I gotta ask you about. I gotta ask you about um, <clears throat> We don't want to step on each other's toes. That's why. Sorry, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the the, the 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 Brazil thing is interesting because um, you know I I, I have um, I I have a number of friends who had the opportunity, and it's you know it, it's. You make the U.S. team almost short shot medal, it feels like, but it's so much harder to do it. But it's the Brazil team, you can become an Olympian. So it's like, it's it's a real deep discovery of swimming for the country, I guess, you would take most pride in. Um, and I don't know, it, it's I, I can feel your your desire and your mutual, but you should try it. I mean, 156 is what is what Gonch is doing now. I don't know. The air cuts just got released. What's the air cuts? Um, this got released like three days ago. Did you see that? 157, I think. Yeah. So, Luke, do you work for Brazil? Geez, this sounds like a recruitment pitch here. Yeah, well, I don't know what's going on. on <laughs> no, I, I, now I am. <laughs> He's going to U.S. World Champ Trials soon. Yeah, so I know. I know. Back to that, okay? You got a handful of events there. You've been talking about kind of your goal list, and it sounds like goal setting and bucket list are things you, you think about. What are you hoping to accomplish here, and what are some of your goals moving into the meet? next week yeah a huge goal of mine and i think it will be for a while is just to enjoy it like have fun i i i'm so done with putting pressure on myself that i'm just happy to be here you know like it, it is what it is and i i wouldn't be here without the people who have helped me and so obviously i want to want to perform and do well for the people who have helped me get here and for myself as well but i'm i i try not to put so much pressure and just yeah be light and have fun and and i think fastest the fast swimmers are the happy swimmers and yeah. i i'm so done with putting pressure on myself i really am and it, it makes me enjoy the sport more when i'm just here and having fun it, it's, do you love the 200 fly like it's 200 fly <laughs> I mean, you just love it that's your baby it, it's something like oh, i can't wait to do another 200 fly and you do that at a you know at a pool party like yes do 200 fly for fun is that <laughs> is that your thing Seriously, another two hundred fly. Are we getting back to the pickup swims conversation where we're talking now? You just don't like pick up swims at, at like twenty four hour fitness like you do a pickup basketball. <laughs> no, but seriously, is, is this something you enjoy? I love the hundred free. I mean, fifty free is cool, but hundred free is my event. What's your one that? Oh, that's I just enjoy this. Mm -hmm. I, I honestly wish it was the 50 free, but I don't like that event at all. Yeah. I'm literally able to finish and I'm, I'm not even tired. And I, I just gave it everything I had. And then I get to the wall and I'm not even breathing hard. It's like, okay, that was just, no. and I don't even go that fast. So I'm like, all right. I don't know if I 
maybe short course i think i'm it's not really a love thing it's more of just a confidence thing i uh-huh. i get behind the blocks for a two fly short course and I'm, I'm not worried about not finishing it whereas like last summer i get behind the blocks for a two fly at olympic trials and i'm like i don't know if i'm gonna finish this like, <laughs> I, I don't know if i if i love it i think that just sort of depends on you know how it how it goes i guess like if it's a good race and i'm like oh yeah that was fun i love that but then if it's yeah, like yeah. painful i'm like oh i hate that like, i never want to do that again so i don't know if if love is the right word i think it depends on confidence level and then i guess how it how it feels because i do dabble in other strokes i, I swim some backstroke and i'm on some freestyle relays so i do get to sort of test them all and see which one's my favorite i guess i i would say relays are for sure my favorite but I don't know. That's an interesting question. Because the two flies is one of those races that you could have fun racing against somebody. Like you, you have time to manipulate. You can see them off the turns. You can go, oh yeah, he's going for it. Okay, it's all right. I'll get you. Like you could be strategic and and you can, and you can see. So that's what I mean. If you are competitive, you like the race. That's the one race you can see. Says so the person that's done no two hundred flies in his life. <laughs> <laughs> i don't know yeah that's an interesting take i i would say uh freestyle you do breathe to to other people yeah. so that one's kind of fun uh fly i guess you really only see them on the turn because when I, I i don't like to look around i just like to stay to to, yeah. in my lane uh so i do see we'll see people on the turns but honestly sometimes i just black out during the race and i just i just do whatever i'm trained to do and then how it goes is how it goes <laughs> well, don't let luke encourage you that you got to look at other people while you're swimming the <laughs> i didn't say that <laughs> he likes to see those other people going 35 in the 53. <laughs> uh, so you mentioned uh, obviously tuner fly um luke's going on it so i'm going to continue with the tuner fly talk so you're one of the best yard swimmers ever what are some things long course that you're hoping to continue to improve to keep improving your tuner fly long course? Yeah, I think definitely building the confidence. Like I just said, I have a lot of confidence with short course. And I think that just comes with my training and I haven't been able to get to that point yet long course. So I think once, once I'm turning pro and I get to do more, more long course training, I think that will sort of come naturally. But right now I just, I want, you know them to be on the same level and that's hard to do it because i do see them as different sports um but a short course to fly conversion i don't know what that's going to be but i'm sure it's pretty quick uh i would love to be at that level and i i hope that you know i can be as good as in in short course as i can be in, in long course the, the the night that coleman's short um stopped being ncaa athlete he got a call um from jason lizak and got recruited by the cali condors you consider the ISL at all? You you want to look forward to yes. this? Yeah, for yeah. sure. I not I was almost debating taking the fifth year early, early on. because mm. um, ISL short course, that's something that I, I love and yeah. I think that opportunity is so cool for, for pro athletes and that's definitely something moving forward that I would love to do. I'm I'm sad that there is no season this year, but mm. Uh, that's okay. It gives me some time to sort of recover and uh, sort of make a new plan for the next couple of years. But definitely want to be in the ISL. Kelsey and Zach and Mal have all been in it, and they've shared with me some of their stories and experiences. And I definitely think that's something I want to do before I'm done swimming. 
So talking about, you know, ISL doing all that, are you committed through the next, you know, four years, the next Olympics or what have you started looking at kind of timelines and things like that? Yeah, I have a little bit. Um, I think I will once this summer kind of ends, but um, definitely I think t until 24 is, is what I'm going to say now. Um, yeah. Just, I don't want to say, like, oh, 28, because that's so long from now and yeah. my mental game, it, it's pretty strong, but that's that's a lot. And I think after the 24, I'll reassess and see where I'm at because there are opportunities that I'll get once I'm done with my MBA that I want to pursue uh, professionally. So I know swimming comes to an end at some point, but I definitely want to be able to use to continue and see. And, and then once I'm not having fun or I'm not enjoying it enough, then, then it'll be time. Sure. And obviously after the college career, a lot of times athletes may transition to different pro groups um, or even different coaches. And ISL provides that a little bit just by, you know, how, depending on how their season looks by working with different coaches. Um, have you thought about tra changing training programs or, or locations or things like that after your career here at, at Louisville? Yeah, I have a little bit. I don't know if I could fully commit to a pro a different pro group and like sort of move there and yeah i think i, I could sort of see myself tra traveling and seeing different pro groups um i think for me at uh, training outside would be pretty awesome yeah. so i could see myself maybe moving to a pro group who swims outside um but we're also hopefully looking into getting an outdoor pool here at louisville so that would that would keep me here for sure um but i think i've done so well with with the training a program that Arthur has sort of set up for me and that I've done all my life. So I, I think I would have a hard time sort of switching to a new program. I don't know. I think change is good, but also I, I struggle with that one a little bit because there are other factors that play into to switching pro groups. Yeah, I can only imagine, especially with, you know, your father being your coach and things like that. And, and obviously, he's going to want what's best for you, as you even mentioned back when you were looking at Michigan and things like that. But when we, you know, every athlete and especially all of us, we've all been on teams for a while. Um, if plateaus happen or things like that, you start start to wonder, especially when you've been with a program for a while, you feel like you may need some change. Yeah, definitely. And I think we're we're seeing that now, especially with uh, a coaching, new coaching. We, uh, one of our coaches just got accepted for Notre Dame. Yeah, right. That's yeah. right. And Chris was my coach and on my club team. He coached me since I was in middle school. So I'm excited for him. But uh, we're seeing sort of that change now. With And it's exciting, too. I think right now is a perfect time for a change in the program. And, uh, yeah, I do I do think change is, is good. But I don't know. As far as switching pro groups, that's so hard for me. There's so many other things that affect that decision. Hey, Nick, you came. I mean, you, you, you came for the trials. Unbelievable. What did you? What are you going to take from that next week? Yeah, uh, I remember that race. Well, I was very nervous for that race. Probably more nervous than I've ever been. Hmm. And I remember I like sort of forgot when I was racing. I was like. I sort of forgot what I was doing and I turned at the hundred and I was like, Oh my gosh, this is for the Olympics. Like you got to go. <laughs> and uh, then I don't remember the rest, but I just remember thinking, all right, you don't, don't get third. Don't get third. Yeah. Don't get third by one hundredth. Like that would be the worst. 
don't get third. So I lo- looked at the board and I saw four and I'm like, okay, it's not third. I'm a little disappointed, but it's not third. And then I saw that Zach made it. And then my, I immediately switched to him and like congratulating him. Cause that's freaking awesome. And yeah. Um, I just don't want to be third next week. <laughs> um, but like I said, no pressure. So I'm just happy to, to be here. And um, I hope that I can sort of figure out a strategy that works for me in that race. Cause I, I haven't done it a whole lot recently. Um, so it's interesting with the, with the college season, I'm interested to see how some of the college stars do next week uh, just cause the season, but don't get there. <laughs> have, you, have you reflected on some of the psychology of that? Like if you're, if, if your subconscious said, you know, don't get third and you got fourth, is there any reflection for you in that saying, wait a minute, like, it's interesting for me to hear you say, okay, like, don't get third again. Cause in my mind I go, well, that, that was maybe, maybe not the result and not the body response that was triggered last time around. Uh, so I don't know any, any thoughts on like how to, how to reverse that. Obviously you want to go three to two, three to one, not three yeah. to four. Yeah. I actually just knocked on wood. As I, as I said, that. my table is wood. So when I said that, I, I that. Um, I don't know. Honestly, I try not to think a whole lot uh, when it's time for that kind of stuff. When it's pressure's on, the lights are on. I, I just want to go and do my best. And even if it is third, like awesome job, you know, like that's awesome. Uh, but yes, I do have goals, and making a team like that is a huge goal of mine. Um, I don't know. That's interesting. I don't really think about it too much. I guess I know the differences. This show, Social Kick, we, um, we you went on to Social Kick before trials. No, but true, it's all about just relaxing, having fun. We do it. We did have a number of guests who did well, did they? Then we have guests who did well at trials. So, <laughs> no, but like you had to just relax, go there and have fun. Your fifth year, you've done it. You've been the finals of trials. This is worlds. You're you on it, dude. You're a stud. You people look up to Nick and go, "What the hell? There's Nick out yes. I gotta watch out for you." And you still <laughs> laugh and say, "Yo, this is my race." Yes, I'm inspired now. Man, if only Luke would be there behind your lane, man, then you'd be. Yeah. 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 I saw your dad crying. At, I saw your dad when your dad was watching your race. You should see him. He was just a little bit more animated because he cheats a little bit more, and you have that power behind you. I can tell. <laughs> yeah, my parents. I. I well, for one, my mom doesn't watch my races. She she says that she does, but she her eyes are closed the whole time. And she when she's when I, when I when I start, she'll sort of do this thing where it's like take your mark, and when it's go, she'll sort of like flinch too, as as if that will help me get off the blocks faster. And then if she is watching and she sees a turn, she will she will do like this with her. No. So she'll be like watching me, and then she'll do like this as I'm turning. So if she is watching, she's very, she's working out herself. <laughs> um, but most of the time she's not watching. And then she, my dad just, he just whistles mostly. And <laughs> Stephanie too, they just whistle. It's like the Albiero voodoo game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe we need to take it a step further and uh, I don't know, put, put some hustle in or take down some competitors. 
Now we're kind of going down the mental state. And one thing you mentioned earlier was uh, blacking out during a swim. And a lot of people would describe that as like flow state or Zen state. And I know uh, as a swimmer, sometimes my best races are, are kind of like that. Is that something that you try to achieve or anything you do to get you in that state? Yeah, definitely. For sure. I think whenever I'm working on pace, race pace specifically, I, I do try to get into that state where I'm like not thinking a lot and it's just sort of flowing with me. It's kind of hard to explain uh, to sort of replicate that feeling. Um, but like when I say blackout, I mean, like when I look back at a race, I don't remember every yeah. single thing. Mm -hmm. I, I can tell you like, oh, I remember I, I saw this person on that turn, but like, that's it. I don't remember what I was thinking about. I don't remember what I was feeling. I, I, I just sort of am, yeah, in the flow state. And I, I do try to achieve that in the pool. And also like visualization is a huge thing for me too. And just to sort of prepare myself. And I know that's like a huge thing for everyone too, but I definitely try to emulate that before, before a race. All right, Luke, you heard it. Not 10 beers and then do a two fly. We're not blocking out that one, okay? Oh, we could do that too. We could black out and <laughs> I'm sure that would go really well for you. That's for that's for the pickup swims post career. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yes. Hey, so <clears throat> I'm curious about, you know, we talked a bit about ISL and then you've been to four NCAAs in five years and you know, won a race at one of them. What do you think, having gone through that experience and, you know, observed some of what the ISL is doing as they continue to innovate with each season, hopefully that league continues to be funded. Um, obviously, this year is a little wonky, but what do you think the NCAA can do to make the meet more exciting? I know ISL puts on this, that whole light show and the, the DJ or whatever that is and it definitely adds a different vibe as, as a person watching the meet. I think they could maybe work on, on that aspect for people who are watching at home, just to make it a little bit more interesting because swim meets can be pretty boring, but at this high level meet, I mean, these fans, these parents of the, like these parents are crazy at NCs and even ACCs too. Like some of the parents of some teams, I'm not going to call out any teams, but they are wild. And no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> um, and so I don't know. I think for the viewers at home watching to make a little, make it more fun. Um, I think that's a big one. DJ. Yeah. Like a DJ. I don't know. To be honest, I'm, when I'm at NCs, I'm pretty much swimming nonstop um, unless I have like a session off, which is, is rare, but I, I'm mostly like, especially this past past meet i was double and then i had a day a day off and then i was a double and a triple and a dub and a single and a double so i just was mostly swimming <laughs> like there was not much like watching uh you mentioned uh some of the other teams and accs being you know a pretty rowdy environment too and obviously this year it was literally the same pool you know, acc mm -hmm. being at, at tech um <clears throat> i'm i'm curious about you kind of the shifting landscape because the ACC has really taken off in recent years. Yeah. Um, I think it, it, it probably started with Louisville and then 
and then NC State had a big progression. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, now we've seen the Virginia women and now the Virginia men yep. come on. And then Sergio taking the Virginia Tech crew up. And I'm sure there's other teams that I'm forgetting. But, like, you know, there seems to be more parity and uh, maybe a healthier spread of strong teams where, you know, when you show up to the NCAA meet, it may not be quite as predictable as you know maybe the top 10 or even top five has been historically i mean obviously cal and texas are still you know mm -hmm. it's kind of like a pick em between between those two for a lot of years but um I, i'm just curious like what what do you think do you think it's good for college swimming to have a more even distribution and do you think that there's any sort of magic and that's happening amongst the coaches in the acc that's really led to this development of, of strength within the ACC? Yeah, that's a good question. I am blown away by how fast our conference has gotten. And I'm happy and proud to say that my team is a part of that movement. Um, and me specifically, I, I take so much pride in that. And I think the ACC has grown almost to the point where like, I'm, I wasn't even nervous for NCs. It's like the, the amount of fast people and like the talent that was at that meet it's like okay you add a few more people in and that that's the ncaa like we are up there we're fighting with the best of the best these teams and i don't know if it's necessarily fair um you know for other teams who are in conferences who basically just blow away their conference and they don't even have to taper and they just get to save all their taper for one meet whereas like all of us in the acc probably rested a, a little bit more and then had to go back up like i said and then come back down and I don't know. I haven't really thought about that too much, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, that's an interesting take on that. Well, what's the, what is the emphasis then uh, on, you know, winning conference is that, I mean, you were really fast. Like we talked about the, in the triple taper, like you were really fast at ACC's um, and I'm sure, and, and a lot of people were. So mm -hmm. what sort of emphasis, there's a lot of teams too that, you know, they may taper some for conference, but they still know that the A goal is winning NCAAs. And yet for some, it may be like a conference title would really do a lot for recruiting. So what what do you guys focus on? Yeah, I think we've, we have been able to focus on both. And, you know, last year we won ACCs and then we were fifth at NCs. And I, I think that was sort of the history that we've done is like, yeah, we go to ACCs and we, we race and we compete to the best of of our ability and then we can elevate at ncaa's and we can we can repeat and we can get faster and we can get a little bit better here and there we can drop a tenth and move up spots like we have been able to do that so i don't know we put a lot of emphasis on yes we want to bring home a title but at the end of the day it's like our main goal for a few years was like to get the trophy to bring home a top four trophy mm -hmm. and Unfortunately, we didn't get to do that in my time here, but I don't think that that's out of the picture for years to come. I, I think this team is only going to get better. We're, we're a pretty young team. So I don't know. I think we do set, we set goals for ACCs and NCAAs, but we do know, okay, getting a trophy is, is better and more important than winning an ACC title. Why does fourth place get a trophy anyway? That's a good question. <laughs> I really wish it was top five. <laughs> My speculation on this is that 
uh, for it to compare with tournament sports that end up with the final four that know. they give away a fourth place trophy. But I've always thought that was the weirdest thing at NCAAs that there's a fourth place team that gets a trophy. Mm. Like we don't think about like what color medal is that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is it just bronze? Is it just two bronze? Double bronze? Half iron? bronze? Is iron a one? Platinum? In summer league swimming, it was platinum uh, was the uh, the level below bronze. I don't know. All of our like divisions were metal colors. I feel like platinum would be better than gold, right? I agree. I mean, depending on who you ask, I don't know. Like diamond, 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 diamond gold, silver. <laughs> like if you think about Minecraft, like yeah, exactly. Diamond is like the most hardest one to find. Uh, I want to I want to ask a selfish question, but hopefully it's um it's it's helpful. I know you've been asked it many many times. Um, I've got two kids. I, I swam. My wife swam. Um, my two kids uh got into swimming. I find it really really hard to um to coach them. I, I coach my daughter to swim, but my son and I it's really hard. Um, Chris was your high school coach, right? Chris um um the lender. Um, at what point both your parents swam? All Americans. Mm-hmm. Uh, talk to those swimmers who have parents who swam or vice versa we had gustavo and gus borges on and we talked about a father-son relationship and we we went more of the like oh my god the, the legend gustavo living up to his his promise right but let's talk about now getting into swimming and the pressures and parents being swimmers and your mom being so invested talk about that growing up as a child of of college really well known college swimmers and then now you know very remarkable coaches and pressures and like did you stop swimming the pressure or was it chilled were you on your own describe it yeah yeah that's a a good one and i was waiting for a question about that i know i think i've decided no it's okay i think i've decided like i'm either gonna write a book or i'm gonna do a documentary and that's what i'm gonna show because that is the question that is the golden question people ask me every i know every time no and it's okay it's like i would be interested too but and I honestly think my answer changes every time. <laughs> it just depends on how we're doing at the moment. But <laughs> growing up, we weren't forced into swimming. And I, I don't want people to think that me and my siblings were forced to swim just because we swam for my dad at this college. Like we we had free reign to to try sports. I played baseball for my church. I played basketball for my church. I dabbled in soccer. I dove for a while. Like I was very well versed. I just knew that I wasn't good at any other sport besides swimming. Um, and so when I, you know, decided when my mom created a, a club team and founded that I was, I was a, one of the first swimmers to swim on that team. And, um, I don't know what, that was just a dream of hers to have a club team. And then to ironically have that club team be this, be like, the college team like they kind of coexist together it's a very interesting dynamic and i think you know we weren't forced to do anything and my siblings and i we swim because we love to do it and we were first put into swimming for obviously water safety and yes my parents were very good swimmers my dad barely missed the olympics for brazil my mom was a d2 swimmer of the year um she has like a million all-american whatever and they were great swimmers, but we I was never forced into swimming. I was never forced into going to college here. That was just something that I chose. And I don't know, growing up in a swimming family, that's why I say I want to do a documentary or a book, because it is very challenging. You want to try to differentiate 
when you're swimming and when you're at home. And a lot of the times growing up that that wasn't the case, we would get home from a practice and then we would be like, okay, well, why let's talk about the practice. Like, right. no, like let's talk about something else. And my siblings and I, we really struggled with that. I think growing up and I give all the credit to my parents. Like they are the best parents ever, but that it was a thing where swimming became a topic at dinner, came a topic at different holidays, a Christmas dinner. Like we would start talking about swimming and it would be this whole heated thing. And even still to this day, like sometimes it's really hard to go home and not talk about swimming and seeing my brother on the other side of swimming. And he he has a different perspective than my sister does, who is a little bit younger than me. And, you know, at the end of the day, like swimming is, is my parents' passion. It's my, my family's passion, but it's, it's not who we are. And I hope people know that it's like, we are other people besides swimming, swimming athletes and swim coaches. Like we have lives and, uh, yeah, I, I do really want to talk about growing up in a, in a family that is based, not based, but like has a one sport as the focus. It's it's interesting and it's very different because yeah. both of my parents had had parents who didn't know swimming, who didn't coach swimming, who weren't the mm-hmm. best coaches mm-hmm. in, the, in the world. Like they had very different upbringings. And I think maybe that's why our upbringing was was the way it was is because they knew what it was like to not have that um where i come from i come from the caribbean we say goat don't make sheep and and my kids just excel in swimming naturally but they got into swimming i think to make me happy and that was the wrong reason and it was um good to hear that you chose to swim because you love swimming and it was your choice that you did it and you did it because you love swimming and i think if you go back to those memories and those feelings next week that's the secret. Yeah. That's what it's about, dude. And I don't think that's how it is for my my siblings. I feel like mm-hmm. my, brother, my brother was maybe the other way where he he didn't love it, but he did it and he could walk on and, and go to college and, you know, maybe he, he didn't love it. I don't know. Um, and then my sister who, who loves it, I think so. And I don't know if I can tell you every single day growing up, I loved swimming. I don't. No. That's impossible. None of us did. Yeah. No. No. Very much the opposite. And, you know, when my mom would say, you know, if I was feeling sick and I didn't want to go, she'd be like, all right, just stay home. And then I would feel guilty, not for my mom, for me. I'm like, well, well, I can always swim. Like, it's fine. So then I would go. Hmm. And then I would have a great practice. And then, you know, if it was my sister, like, I don't want to go, then she would just stay home. You know, like Hmm. it was very different and it was individual based. My, My parents really never dragged us or, you know, did anything like that. And it, we had all to say. It's awesome. And if I have any advice for you, yeah, um, are you there, some coaches, or no? No, no, no. I'm pushing him to do whatever they want to do. Right now, it's soccer and basketball. So just they're good. They're young. I would say, okay, yes. I would say let them have all the say because the second you try to, you know, coach them, my parents always say, um, we always used to say, like, don't stop coaching us, like. Mm. well coaching is parenting and then we'd get into a whole fight but i would say just let them be in you know hands off be hands off and let them choose what they want to do and if they choose swimming then they choose it and if they don't then they pursue something else but either way my parents say no matter what you pursue you pursue it with all your heart and if if your uh, children want to pursue you know a violin because i used to play violin and uh, if they want to pursue that like make sure that they are pursuing it with all their heart and 
-hmm. that's how me and my siblings have sort of gone about life and and swimming i think it's some of your mom's voodoo magic that they said don't don't worry about swimming and then in 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 the you know in the background she's like no you're gonna be swimmers <laughs> i mean i want to say that they deep down somewhere they hoped that we would be swimmers of course um i don't know i don't know if we necessarily wanted to be swimmers but um I mean, my, my sister and I have had so much success with the sport, and I think we, we do love it. My brother had a different uh, situation. He had to medically, uh, medically retire. Um, hmm. So. Hmm. Oh, dear. Nick, we got a few rapid-fire questions to finish off with. All right. What's the hardest race in swimming? 4 a.m. Hmm. Olympic gold, world record, or ISL MVP? Wait, what were they? <laughs> Olympic gold, world record, or ISL MVP? Oh my gosh. Um, Olympic gold. How many kicks off the wall on a two-fly? It depends on which, which well, 25 it is. Do you pee in the pool? Every day. Mostly three times a day. <laughs> that's very specific <laughs> well that counts i also struggle with drinking water during practice but somehow i pee like so much I don't <laughs> i'm like i did not drink this much water how am i peeing this <laughs> but i will say i have very i'm very courteous of where i where i, go. <laughs> I can't i maybe it's because i'm have stage fright but i cannot pee if there is somebody like next to me here i'll either push off the wall and pee like in the middle of the pool while everyone else is on the wall or i'll be on like on the other side i'll stop during a 200 if i have to like if it's like a 400 pole and i have to pee so bad i will just stop and pee it's impossible to pee while you're swimming it's so hard i can't pee while i swim because well okay i have you can't you can't kick while you pee so But cyclists, the cyclists are cycling and they're peeing where they cycle, right, Brian? You want to know something so weird? Every time I never really did the 200 fly, but I did it in high school and then a couple times in college. And I swear to you, every time I did the 200 butterfly in a race, I peed the pool. <laughs> Had to. Like I don't know why. During the race? Yeah, during the race. How did you do that? I don't know. I just did it. You should get that checked out. Yes. <laughs> I know. I know a doctor. I don't have any advice for you there. I don't yep. even know. I've never. There's no that. other race though. That was it. It was just two hundred fly. It was something weird. Two hundred fly. I think I was just pissed. I was like, <laughs> I don't want to do this. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> All right, let's get back on track. Should South America have an ISL team? Yes. Uh, what city would you put it in? Uh, Rio or Sao Paulo. What was the most outstanding race for you to watch at NCAAs? This year or in any year? This year. I didn't do a whole lot of watching, but I will say, oh, man. Um, they were all so close. <laughs> um, or any year. I don't even know. I, I honestly didn't watch a whole lot. Um did Lucas race surprise you to hundred back? Yes, that was very surprising. But I he's talented. He mm -hmm. I wasn't surprised really. But mm. 
I think my favorite race, my freshman year, I got to watch Dressel go 17, 6, or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's that, I can't think of anything else, though. <laughs> that was awesome. I agree, actually. I think that's the best race I've ever seen in NCAAs. Even if I won there live. Okay, what's your go-to trick off a diving board? Um, I can do a gainer, so like jump forward and then roll backwards and do like. Yeah, what's uh, what's the most memorable swim of your swimming career? Um, probably ACCs this year mm-hmm. or last year NCAA's. For those who are listening, second fastest 200 fly of all time, 1379, last champion. Last year, two years ago, NCAA champion. It's awesome, too. Yeah, I'm also winning our, our first relay title. I'll never forget that. That's a four by two? Two medley. Two medley, dude, yeah. 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 Wow. What's your favorite Kentucky Derby tradition? Oh. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say Betty. <laughs> i can bet i can bet on that um what's the most amount of money you've ever put down on a horse in the kentucky okay not that much i would just do like i'm basic and i would just do like two dollars to get top three (laughs) or i would make these like random like super effectives where you get to pick the top four and then you box it so like they can come in any order and then i would just put like a dollar so that would be like four dollars or whatever what do you think of people that say Louisville? Louisville? I think they don't know how real people say it. And it's Louisville. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard of all I've heard Louisville. I've heard Louisville. I've heard I don't I've heard everything. We just say Louisville and people make fun of us because it's like Louisville, like it's very deep, like Louisville. But if people say Louisville, like that's fine too. Whatever. I didn't get a kick out of anybody associated with Louisville saying how to say Louisville. Louisville. <laughs> I've known people that were from there, not not went to school there, people that, you know, coached there. <laughs> it's always funny. All right. Uh, so we all do social kick like this, and we do social kick in the pool, like freestyle kick, but you spend so much time underwater. So do you do social kick underwater? No, but we have this thing where <laughs> I don't know who made it up. But we were doing it the other day, I think last week, where we play rock, paper, scissors underwater. And if you win, you get to go up and breathe. And then you come back down. So I think it was like Zach Harding. Of course it was him. Like he's just so all over the place. And he was doing it with one of our other teammates. And I was like, what's happening? So then I went underwater with them. And we were just doing like three between three people, uh, rock, paper, scissors. And then if you win, you got to breathe. All right, let's do it now. Everybody hold their breath. Ready? Hold your breath. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Oh, Nick and I can breathe. Yeah. Yes. What, what was that? Yeah. What was that? Oh, I don't know. First of all, USA Swimming does not condone breath-holding tactics like that due to the risk of shallow water blackouts. We'll just put some uh, little stamp of that on here somewhere. Okay. <laughs> When the kid who, you know, doesn't win 10 games straight. <laughs> Is that paper still? Gee, you don't have to do it with your whole body. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, I think that's a good place to end it. Nick, uh, go, 
<laughs> Don't be doing that in the pool next week unless it's uh, li time limited. <laughs> oh, I'm sure Zach and I will find a way to do it. <laughs> <laughs> nice, man. Well, hey, uh, we had fun chatting with you, and we'll look forward to watching you race fast next week uh, for sure. So best of luck to you, man. And, uh, yeah, thanks for coming on. Thank you guys for having me. This was so much fun. <laughs> right on. All right. Well, that's it for this episode of the Social Kick Podcast. And, crew, we'll see you next time. See ya. See ya. Hey, everybody. Thanks for hanging out with us. If you're enjoying Social Kick, tell your friends about it. And be sure to tell us what you liked by leaving a comment. And subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Instagram. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel, The Social Kick. And you can find all of our content on our website.